Please be seated. What a powerful name it is, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Um, I want to read from the scripture here in John 13, 34, which is going to be our sermon this morning. John 13 and 34. A new commandment I gave, I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The sermon this morning is loving like Jesus, loving, loving the Jesus way. And how can we love like Jesus? That's what we want to look at this morning. It's a new commandment that I have given to you. This is second in the series from following the Lord Jesus Christ and taking a journey with Him in His last days here on earth and trying to find out who He is, what He did, and how is that relevant in our lives. So love one another as I have loved you. What does that mean to you? How does it look like in your daily life? How does it play out in your daily life? Yesterday, my wife and I uh, hosted uh, a lot of young people, young professionals. Uh, They're working in different companies. And uh, the small house that we have, every space that we have, we use it to host them. So there was a young guy that had been coming before and he brought his friend and he came and joined us and he had computer science programming um, a master in programming computer science as we were talking uh, we asked him why did you come here Uh, or how did you become a Christian Uh, and this young guy is from China and he said I became a Christian because there was somebody that was teaching me English, that was helping me study the book and working with me for a long time. And I asked myself, why is this guy doing this to me? I mean, why is this guy helping me? Why is he so good to me? And his goodness and kindness helped him to look into who Christ is and who Christians are. And he decided to become a believer because of the kindness and the goodness of that person. I mean, this guy that had received the love from somebody that follows the Lord. And he said that made him become the follower of Christ. Love one another as I have loved you. This is a new commandment. Why is this a new commandment? And for us to understand why this is a new commandment, we have to go back a little bit to Old Testament. When God came and gave Moses the commandment in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and also in Leviticus chapter 19, and you can read that at home for the sake of time. Uh, The gist of it is that love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And then you find that you love yourself as your neighbors. 
But this is why is this a new commandment? If you look into it, why is this a new commandment? It's a new commandment because Christ is saying, You love others as I have loved you. It's a new commandment. This is more than loving your neighbors. That's why it's a new commandment. It's more than loving your neighbors as you love yourself. This is loving loved ones, disciples, loving our members as Christ has loved the disciples, even to the point of giving up His life. Giving up His life for the church. So you love the people that you meet every day in the church, in the life group, people that you know that follows the Lord, you love them as I have loved you. This is a new commandment. So love like Jesus loved you. Love like Jesus loved you. How can we do that? So let us follow our Lord Jesus Christ to the upper room. Because this conversation took place in the upper room in John 13 and 14. And there there are two events, two examples that happened at the upper room. And he taught them again to love. So Jesus was having this private meal because it's the Passover meal with his disciples, and he revealed to them his heart. He revealed to them his heart. This is the message of the heart that Christ is giving to his disciples. And he really wants them to love each other, and he's working on it, and he said, I'm going to give them two examples on how to love. And the first example that he gave was that he washed his feet, because we're looking at how Jesus demonstrated how to love like him. So this is the demonstration. And we will look at the reason why he asked us how to love. And then we will look at the who, who can help us how to love. But these are the three things that we will look today and tie it together, right? So washing the feet of the disciples. We know that in John chapter 13, as you read from the beginning, Jesus knew that it was his time to go back to the Father. He knew that he was going back to the Father. And in verse 3, it says, knowing that, right? So the word this knowing, the Greek word knowing, it means uh, the full consciousness of Christ. Christ has come to the full consciousness of Christ. It means he understood that he is the Lord. He understood that God has given everything in his hand. So with the majestic dignity of a Messiah and a Lord... He decided to take off his garment, take the towel, and begin to wash the feet of the disciple. So isn't the follower supposed to serve the master of the creator? Isn't the, the, the follower supposed to serve the, ma- the master who, to whom we owe our lives? But here is the master coming and washing the feet of the disciples, the Lord of lords. The Messiah who understood that he is going to be the ruler, the king of kings. And he is washing the feet of the disciples. He's giving this example to tell them how to love one another. As we know in the evangelical world, we know this as a lesson of humility and servanthood. And it is, but there's more to it and I want to explain that to you. Because the washing of the feet is left to the servant. The lowest of the lowest. The menial work is left to the lowest of the lowest. So it's a lesson on humility. 
as well as uh, leading by example. But there is more to it that we missed many times. And you can go to Exodus 30 and Exodus 40. And you can read that also when you go home for time's sake. But when you read in Exodus 30 starting from verse 18. It will describe to you the work of the priests. And these are given to the sons of Aaron. And when you go to the temple before you enter the tabernacle and go and do the burn offering at the altar, what is happening is there is a big labor. And you have to wash your hands and your feet before you go in there. And if you don't do that, you will die because you are not cleansed. So this is not just a lesson on humility and servant leadership, but this is also the transference of Christ as the priest, the high priest, the priest of the priest. Because we know Christ as the Messiah, as the Savior and the Lord of Lords and as Christ. But at this time, people haven't talked about Jesus as the priest. In the line of Melchizedek, the highest order, even higher than the sons of Aaron and Aaron himself. And when you go to Hebrew chapter 4 and 5, it talks about that Jesus is the high priest who understands what we go through, is able to empathize and sympathize with our weaknesses. So this is the Christ doing the work of a priest washing the feet. As you know, as Christ was washing and coming to Peter, Peter saying, no, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. You know, Peter is always trying to stand out and doing something else, you know. I understand that. I relate with him. Yes. And he said, uh, and Christ said, Peter, if, you, if, if I don't wash your feet, if you don't do this, you will not be a part of me. You will not have fellowship with me. Very plain and, very plain and stern. And Christ rebuked him and said, this washing of the feet, washing the, of the feet is not optional. It is not optional. You don't do this. You are not going to have fellowship with me. And as I was preparing this sermon, I had a Peter moment. Early in the morning, I get up, and I write the sermon, I read. And as I was reading and writing the sermon, and when I came to Peter, and I had a Peter moment. And God spoke to me, and I heard a voice within me. And uh, the voice was unlearn and relearn. Unlearn and relearn. And I say, Lord, what does that mean? And then he took me to Peter. Peter was telling the Lord Jesus Christ what to do. How to do things. Right? Peter was saying, then you wash my hand. You also wash my hand. If you're going to wash my feet. And Christ is saying, cut it off, Peter. You listen to me. You listen to me. And God was telling me, uh, I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to my instruction and follow me. Because I started serving the Lord when I was 22 in the real ministry, in the university, young people, young professionals. And from 22 and coming here, the Midwest and serving here, I haven't experienced like a low in my ministry. It has been modest, but there has been modest growth, great growth. It has been going, going, going. And God is bringing me here 
to this place in Silicon Valley, and he's telling me, Ungreso, I want you to unlearn all the things that you have learned all these years, and then relearn to do ministry. Because you say, you say you love these people that are here. And if you truly love them, then you unlearn and relearn how to love them. And not focus on what I have done in the past. Because people are different. That was my Peter moment. You know? Not telling people, not telling God what to do. Not telling Christ what to do. But to listen to Him and to obey Him. Because pride, vanity, gets in the way of seeing who Christ is. And when I have pride, when I have vanity filled in my heart, then I cannot love you. I cannot love you. I may say that I love you. And he says, see, I have given you an example that you should do this I have done to you. So let's take the priest role of Christ. Washing the feet. And he said, we are royal priesthood. He also tells us to declare what? That we have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And our task of washing the feet of each other is to reveal that we have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light, that we have received the grace of God. That this action will turn to praise. Praise to whom? To the Father in heaven. Just as that guy who showed that Chinese guy by loving him and serving him, it declared the praises of God and led him to encounter and come into relationship with Christ. So that priestly work is also transferred to us to declare the praises of God. We can do that by loving one another. We can do that by loving one another. This is the example that Christ gave us. It's not saying you go and wash somebody's feet everywhere that you go. Every stranger that you encounter, can I wash your feet? You know, should I wash your feet? Your feet is dirty. No, it's not that. Right. I know you like clean feet. Especially if you're Asian. Your feet should be clean because you have to take out your sandals and your shoe to go into somebody's house, right? I understand that. Love one another as I have commanded you. How do we do this? Washing the feet of people. And oftentimes we keep... We are not able to love like Christ. Who loved unconditionally and sacrificially. You know, Spurgeon wrote that uh, a redemptive leader is characterized by unconditional love. Okay? A redemptive leader is characterized by unconditional love. And I ponder and would say, what does this mean to me? And when you read at this, when you read that scripture, Christ was saying, when the body is clean, you don't need to wash again. He was describing our relationship with Christ because Christ has saved us from sin. Our sins are forgiven. So we don't need to wash the head and the body again. But your feet must be washed regularly and cleansed regularly. Do you know why? 
Because this feet is touching the earth. Symbolizing the filth of the world. And the need for redemption of this earth. Okay. This is an amazing revelation. This hand has... The authority has been given to us by Christ. And this hand serves in the authority and the dominion that Christ has given to us. But our feet touch the field of the earth, the, the mistakes, the life that we go through every day. We are daily, daily working on the earth. And this earth needs redemption. This earth needs redemption. And you go to the letter in Romans chapter 8 and Paul wrote that the earth is groaning. With the bird pang. To do what? To be redeemed. To be redeemed. The creation is crying. And how can the earth be redeemed? It can be redeemed when we wash each other's feet. Because when we do that, the sons of God are demonstrated to the earth who need to be redeemed. The redemption of the earth is on you and I. And the earth waits for the demonstration of the sons of God. And how can we reveal that we are sons of God? By loving one another. Isn't our life part of redeeming each other and redeeming the world? So does that mean... I should forgive one another and say yes. Does that mean even if I'm right, I should forgive my brothers and sisters? Yes. No, what about if I forgive seven times? Oh, you add uh, seven times 70 and keep on forgiving. Uh, so am I supposed to do that? Yes. Yes. So does that mean I don't keep score? Right? I did the dishes today. So you do the dishes tomorrow. Right? I made the meal today. So you do the dishes. I walked the dog on Monday. You walked the dog on Tuesday. I did the laundry. I put it in the washer. You go and get it. Right? I took out the trash bin. You take it in. See, unconsciously, we keep score all the time. We keep score all the time. Now, I'm talking as a father, as a husband. Right? And Ephesians chapter 6, it says, A husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And to the point of giving his life to Christ. And it says that if you do that, he, she, will be washed by the word. Washed by the word. And be made cleansed. I think our wives know whether we are genuine Christian or not. I think your husband know who you are. Your children know who you are. Can your wife... Feel the love of Christ. The unconditional, sacrificial love of Christ at home. Can your husband, can your brothers and sisters, can your friends at work feel 
the unconditional love that Christ talks about. So, when people persecute you and falsely accuse you, should I continue to love that too? Yes. When people revile me, should I continue to love that too? Yes. You should continue to love that. You should continue to love that person because Christ is saying in the washing of the feet, He is saying there are a lot of people that are going to come in your life that doesn't look like you. That doesn't look like you. There are going to be a lot of people that are coming, uh, uh, that are going to be different than you. Am I supposed to welcome them in into the house of God? Into our family life? Yes, you do that. I'm preparing you to do this. I'm preparing you to do this. And he showed by another example at the Last Supper. And he said that somebody that is eating with me right now is going to lift up his heel against me. Right? This is a picture that came from Psalm 41 verse 9. But in the culture, in the Eastern culture, even here, people that you wrestle, if you are wrestling, you know that you, you use the heel to throw down people. Right? This is the picture that Christ is saying. Somebody that is eating with me in my house, I'm hosting, and he is eating with me, and he's going to lift up his heel and bring me down and against me. This is absolutely against the culture at that time. And especially when you talk about Arab hospitality, Middle East culture, Asian culture, at, in those places. Hospitality is an absolute moral virtue that you imbibe and embody. And you don't harm even your enemy if they come into your house. But here, somebody that the Lord, uh, that seemed to follow the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be betray him. He was talking about Judas. He was talking about Judas. But he's giving that example because he took the bread and he dipped it in the cup and he gave it to Judas. Okay? Knowing that Judas was going to betray him, he dipped the bread and gave him. He showed absolute hospitality and love, unconditional love and sacrificial love to Judas regardless of what Judas was going to do. And so Christ is saying, so am I supposed to do that for our members? And he said, yes. But they want to kill me. You want me to love them? Yes. This is a new commandment. It's a new commandment. And how do we do this? And Paul wrote in the strongest language about love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I was reading St. Augustine on his translation on chapter 13. And he was talking about this angel's voice. And language of a man. You may have a beautiful voice. You may accompany somebody singing in a beautiful voice and enthrall people. But if you don't have love, it's nothing. It's nothing. And he's saying, don't be a sounding gong. Don't be a sounding gong. Be a song. Be a song to somebody. And you can become a song into somebody's life. A song that inspires you. That lifts you up. That wants to raise your hand. Right? When our worship pastor leads in the spirit and the spirit is moving. Even when she doesn't tell you how to lift your hand. You're already lifting your hand and dancing and moving. Right? Why? Because... 
The spirit of love is in here, and our life has become a song. You have become a song to somebody. This is what we talked about, what we read in Colossians. In Colossians chapter 3. Say, dwell in the word of the Lord, but let your instruction, your teaching, admonishing be like psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But you say, but somebody got to tell the truth. Right? Somebody got to tell the truth. Well, tell the truth in love. I know that we need to hear the truth. But be the person that tells the truth in love. That, that truth comes as a song. That truth comes as a hymn. That truth comes as a spiritual song that nurtures, that nourish, inspire the person to want to dance. Yeah. Yeah? You want to dance. Because you receive the truth as a song. How does that happen? When you love that person. When you truly, truly love that person. When you have that sacrificial, unconditional love. It will happen. Do we love one another that way? One thing that God told me also as I was preparing this was, I don't, I'm not loving you because you're lovable. You know? I said, okay, God, I got it. <laughs> right? If it was Gary Dong, our board president, I mean, he's a lovable guy. <laughs> right? He is. Yes. yes, there you go. He is. And, and then God said, there is nothing you have done and nothing that you can do to stop me loving you. Okay? There is nothing you have done and there is nothing you can do to stop me loving you. I have loved you regardless. Can we do that to one another? There is nothing you could have done or you can do to stop me loving you. By all this, by this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So he demonstrated by washing the feet. He demonstrated by dipping the bread and sharing the Judas and sharing the bread and saying, this is a new covenant. You do this in remembrance of me. Two examples, regardless of whether Judas loved him or not, and he said, if you do this, by this you will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Okay? So we say, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. How can I do this? It's too hard for me. I can't do this. And Christ said, well, I will send you a helper to help you do this. I will send you a helper to... And when you read in... Uh, John 14, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will be with you. In fact, my father and I will come and dwell with you and in you. He is going to make a home in us, in our heart, in our midst, and help us how to do this. And help us how to do this. And he said, I will pray the father that he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. This helper is going to bring the remembrance, everything that I have taught you. He will help you. He will teach you. He will teach you how to love. 
He will teach you how to love one another. You're not going to do it alone. Don't do it alone. Get help. Seek the Holy Spirit to make this happen. To make this happen. So that the world will know that you are my disciples. We look for strategies and models, new techniques. But it's in the character of each one of us that really counts. You know, I was thinking, is there an app that I can download to love like Christ? Right? I was searching and Googling a little bit. And it took me to old original tablet that was read the program was written by Moses. <laughs> He did it with God. Original tablet, Ten Commandments. There is no app. Google came out just lately that the Google Assistant is going to be able to use more than 30 languages to help people understand the languages at the same time. Right? Even here we, have, we can have more than 30 nations and uh, we can help understand the language. But is there a language of love? See, all this technology, apps that we create, the software. Is there a software for church to love one another? I would want to download and upload it and send it to all of you. There is in. Because this love that Christ talks about is the real thing. This is the real deal. That you cannot upload it. That you can download it. That you can program it then you can create it. This is the real deal. This is the real thing. And he is wanting us to offer that to other people, unconditionally and sacrificially. And if we can do that, if we can do that as a church, then we can redeem the earth that is crying, groaning for redemption. Because God will reveal his sons of God and daughters of God. And demonstrate it to the world that we are the messenger of the good. Love like Christ as He has loved us. There is nothing too small to save somebody, there is nothing too small to do the work. You may be the CEO having a, owning a company. And you may be thinking, I'm the CEO. I run a company. And you're thinking, maybe how can I bring somebody to Christ that is serving under me? There is nothing too small for you to do to bring somebody to Christ. Right? And there is nothing that you have done that you will do to let Jesus stop you loving. I'm going to ask the ushers to come, uh, the worship team to come as we go into the Lord's table.
So this real thing, this real deal, the love that we talked about, that Christ wants us to show us an example to each other. We can have this if we have Christ. Okay? We can have this if we have Christ. We can have the helper, the Holy Spirit, who will teach us into all things if we have Christ. It comes with it. Uh, the packages are together. It's like buy one, get one thing. You know, I don't, right? Buy one, get three in terms of God, Christ, and Holy Spirit. But it comes together. And if you want to start this relationship of exciting, glorious life and just amazing life, I want you to invite you to start the life with Christ. And this is what he showed. Uh, the body of Christ that was broken for you, the blood that was shed for you. Uh, I would like to make an invitation for that. Now, if you have experienced it in the past and you have kind of lost your way and you want to come back to the Lord again, I want to invite you to do that too. Uh, and we're going to serve this one another. Today, there are different stations. Here are four stations here and two stations at the back. Christ said, do it as I have told you how to do. He showed an example. We want to follow one of the examples. is serving one another. When you come and take the bread and you eat the bread, I want you to take the bread and serve someone. I encourage you to say, this is the body of Christ broken for you or this is the blood that was shed for you. But you don't have to do that. You say the word that are meaningful to you. Let the person that you serve really feel that you love him or her. That you really care for it. That you mean it. And then pass it on. So everyone serves someone today. And speak the words that are true to your heart. That people may receive your love. This morning. Can we stand together? Oh, uh, yes. Can we stand together? I'm going to ask those going to be in the station to come forward. night that our Lord Jesus was going to be betrayed he took the bread he broke it and he said this is my body in fact he took that bread he dipped it in the cup and shared it first with Judas the one who was going to betray and immediately he ate the bread and went out and betrayed him this is the cup this is the new covenant that he said I make a new covenant and you do this in remembrance of me. And we are doing this remembering the death and life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can we take a quiet moment to pray as you stand there? Just prepare your heart to serve somebody and also to receive uh, the blessing. As we are praying, 
Um, is there anyone that wants a prayer and I need to come back to the Lord? I just need uh, help from the Spirit and help from the congregation to pray for me. You can just raise your hand. We'll pray for you. And is there anyone that wants to start a relationship with Christ? In prayer. After this, I'll be here at the well. Please come and talk to me. Father, we thank you for the body that was broken for us. And the blood that was shed for us. As we serve one another this morning. May the love of God be transferred. To each one of us. We thank you that you have loved us. And we want to love each other as you have loved us. We pray this in Jesus' name.